It's Friday, February the 14th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Johnson's apparent purge and Barr's belated lament. First, the world in brief. Sajid Javid unexpectedly resigned as Britain's Chancellor of the Exchequer after refusing the Prime Minister's request to fire all his special advisers. His departure followed a power struggle with Boris Johnson and his senior adviser Dominic Cummings over how to manage the country's finances after Brexit. The pound surged. Markets expect Mr Javid's replacement, Rishi Sunak, to loosen his predecessor's fiscal rules, potentially leading to higher interest rates. An elderly Japanese woman became the third person outside mainland China to die from COVID-19. She had been in hospital since February 1st. The diagnosis was confirmed after her death. Japan is also harbouring 3,700 cruise passengers and crew aboard a ship quarantined off Yokohama, around 80% of whom are 60 or older. More than 200 are infected with the coronavirus. America's Attorney General complained that Donald Trump's tweets were making it impossible for him to do his job. William Barr was accused of bending under pressure after Mr Trump tweeted dismay at a lengthy sentence recommended for one of his convicted friends. The Justice Department shortened it. Mr Barr said he wishes the President would desist with constant background commentary that undercuts his work. An American judge ordered Microsoft to cease work on a $10 billion contract to build the Joint Enterprise Defense Infrastructure Program for the Pentagon. Amazon, an online retailing giant which also runs the world's biggest cloud computing services, had challenged the decision to award the Jedi contract to another provider. Donald Trump is known to bear a grudge against Amazon's owner, Jeff Bezos. Jess Staley, the chief executive of Barclays, is being investigated by British regulators over his connections to Jeffrey Epstein, a financier and sex offender who died last year. Mr Staley, who says he ended his contact with Epstein in 2015, retains the board's full confidence. On the same day that the British bank disclosed the investigation, it reported a 25% rise in annual pre-tax profits. The uncle of Juan Guaido, who declared himself Venezuela's interim president in January 2019, was arrested. Juan José Márquez was detained at Caracas Airport, having flown from Portugal with his nephew. An official in President Nicolás Maduro's government accused him of carrying synthetic explosives. Mr Guaido maintained his uncle's innocence, branding the detention a kidnapping. And one of America's largest newspaper publishers filed for bankruptcy protection, crippled by a decline in revenue from both print advertising and circulation. McClatchy's 30 newsrooms, including those of the Miami Herald and the Kansas City Star, will continue to operate as usual as the company seeks to reorganize more than $700 million in debt. And now, here's today's agenda. Happy couple... America's Phase 1 trade deal with China At one minute past midnight today, American duties on $120 billion of imports from China fell from 15% to 7.5%. Some of China's tariffs were halved too. If either side does not keep its promises in their recent trade pact, which covers intellectual property protections, non-tariff barriers and some hefty purchase commitments, those tariffs could go up again. The agreement's first test arrived earlier than either side expected. 
China has said it may have to depart from some commitments in light of the COVID-19 outbreak, which has had a nasty economic fallout. Although China's President Xi Jinping has reportedly assured his American counterpart Donald Trump that China will import as much as was promised, some of the purchases will come with a delay. The deal has provisions in it intended to build trust, including requirements for regular meetings between officials. If this deal is to stick, they need to get to work quickly. Exchequer Cuts – Sajid Javid Resigns Sajid Javid's resignation as Britain's Chancellor of the Exchequer turned what at first looked like a routine cabinet reshuffle into high drama. The immediate cause of his departure was a row over his advisers, but a feud with Dominic Cummings, Boris Johnson's senior adviser over policy, had been smouldering. Mr Johnson appointed Rishi Sunak as Chancellor. Many suspect that had been Mr Cummings' plan all along. Mr Sunak is an enthusiastic Brexiteer who sees Britain's future more with Asia and America than with Europe. Whether he will be happy with Number 10's attempt to assert power over the Treasury remains to be seen. Analysts are already penciling in the possibility of a more expansionary budget next month. Although Mr Javid was happy to increase capital spending, his overall approach implied a continuing squeeze on current spending except health and little room for tax cuts. Mr Sunak may prove keener on a spending splurge. Westless security leaders meet in Germany. The Munich Security Conference, an annual gathering of security and military bigwigs, starts this morning in Bavaria. Political and business leaders from over 40 countries, including Emmanuel Macron, the French president, Justin Trudeau, the Canadian prime minister, and Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, will squeeze into the 19th century Hotel Bayerischer Hof to discuss the state of Europe and the world. The mood will be gloomy. The conference organisers note a widespread feeling of uneasiness and restlessness in the face of increasing uncertainty about the enduring purpose of the West, a sense of geopolitical ennui that they dub Westlessness. America and Europe continue to spar over trade, Iran and the Israel-Palestine conflict, while tensions between NATO allies France and Turkey are flaring up in the eastern Mediterranean. Meanwhile, the threat of China has taken on a new meaning, as the Wuhan coronavirus has now infected dozens across Europe. Cloak and Dagger – Tijan Tiam leaves Credit Suisse The chief executive is leaving Switzerland's second biggest bank in far better shape than he found it. Yesterday, Credit Suisse reported an annual post-tax profit of 3.4 billion Swiss francs, 3.4 billion dollars, up by 69% from 2018 and a far cry from the 2.9 billion Swiss franc loss it made in 2015 when Tijan Tiam took over. Yet today he departs, ousted after a bizarre spying scandal last year in which the bank's chief operating officer was found to have ordered surveillance on two ex-executives. Mr Tiam has always denied knowledge of it. Although leading investors backed him, in the end the board did not. In four and a half years he rebuilt Credit Suisse's balance sheet, slashed costs and shifted the bank towards wealth management and away from risky trading. Profitability is still below par, but heading the right way. The new boss, Thomas Gottstein, described as Mr TM's model pupil by a Zurich newspaper, is unlikely to change course much. Neither culprit nor casualty, Colombia's economy. 
Like many of its neighbours, Colombia was convulsed by widespread street protests late last year. But unlike many of its neighbours, its economy was neither an obvious cause of the unrest nor an immediate victim of it. Figures due today are likely to show that Colombia's GDP continued to grow by about 3% year-on-year in the fourth quarter. It has benefited from rising oil production, an influx of foreign investment and a belated peace dividend from a deal with Marxist guerrillas in 2016. Despite the protests, the centre-right president Ivan Duque passed a corporate tax cut in December. His government will also give work permits to many of the 1.6 million Venezuelans who have fled to Colombia, escaping their country's turmoil. At the start of the 2010s, Venezuela's economy was the bigger of the two. By the end of the decade, the IMF estimates it was less than a quarter of Colombia's size. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Ronald Dworkin, who passed away on this day in 2013. Without dignity, our lives are only blinks of duration. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.